Good day, stoners, and welcome to a juicy episode of the Turning Stones podcast. Today's episode, we have a new guest for everyone. His name is Jimmy. Jimmy, how's it going? Hey, mate. Yeah, not too bad. Pretty good. First long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> Happy to have you on the podcast, and I'm pretty sure all the listeners are going to learn to love your voice and obviously appreciate what you have to say on today's episode. So I guess before we get started, um, let's let the stoners know um, how we know each other. Jimmy, I'll, I'll let you uh, start it off, and uh, I'll fill in the blanks if you miss any. I was a hot summer's night. <laughs> in pre-season, we call it last year, just before COVID hit. Remember just seeing this real. I remember lining up on. I reckon left back, and we were lining up left wing, and I reckon we played a scratch. And all I could remember was, "Damn, fuck, this guy runs a lot. Can he just stop running?" <laughs> and I think, I think that's how we sort of met each other in soccer pre-season. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, and for all of you that are just wanting to know which club, it was the mighty Virginia United who are still going strong. They're actually in their 25th anniversary year, and unfortunately, Jimmy and I aren't playing this year. But, you know, through thick and thin, we're there out supporting. And, of course, um, during a pandemic last year, we were helping the boys. Um, oh, we didn't get too many wins last year, let's be honest, Jimmy. Um, but do you know what? Like, we weren't the greatest on-field, but I can – I'm pretty sure we're probably the best team off field. I mean, you just have to look at our silly Sunday as an example. <laughs> uh, that, that was a quality day, wasn't it? That was a quality day. Can you remember much from it? I don't half of it remember. I don't remember any of it, actually. And I think even <laughs> I reckon I one of the mottos of the days was that this club's not all about the wins and losses. It's all about the off-field culture and banter and, you know, just those silly Sundays. That's what we live for. And uh, sometimes that's what it comes down to with sport. If, you know, if sport doesn't pay the bills, you're not getting paid to play, just go out and have fun. And that's exactly what we were doing last year. And obviously you there and left back and occasionally me there and left mid or left wing, even though I'm not a left footer. Um Sometimes, you know, if you, your skill and your talent's not there, you, or you can have a, you can contribute somehow. And I, that was just my running last year. And yeah, I, I didn't snag a goal, but I mean, I think I provided an assist and I think you had a good couple of games. Pretty sure you provided a lot of assists, mate. No, uh, yeah, oh, I reckon I should have scored more than in two games, but when I scored in the one game, felt a bit rough, but no, that's, just me. that's it. <laughs> But, um, yeah, for all of you that are wanting to know what happened on that silly Sunday, well, that might just have to be another podcast in itself, maybe with the actual whole squad, because I think uh, there's plenty of blanks on that day and uh, a bit of memory loss and amnesia or um, or thereabouts. But, uh, yeah, the real main reason for having Jimmy on the episode today, and first and foremost, I'd like to thank you for coming on on, on the, uh, the podcast. We really appreciate it. But... Um, Getting all that laughter and bullshit aside, uh, it is actually something serious. And in the month of June, you actually completed something called the Push-Up Challenge. And the Push-Up Challenge, for all of you that don't know out there, it's actually Australia's largest mental health and fitness initiative. So, Jimmy, throwing it back at you, um, just let us know what is the Push-Up Challenge, if you can provide a bit more detail, and then uh, maybe why you did it as well. Yeah, no, so the push-up challenge um, is a challenge that goes from for 25 days. It went from the start of June, so the first of June to the 25th of June. Basically, the accomplishment was to achieve 3,318 push-ups. The reason for that 3,318 was actually in conjunction with the number of deaths um, in 2019 by suicide, so in Australia alone. So basically, that number there represented the amount of deaths um, by suicide, and we didn't have to do it all at once. We could spread it across the uh, month um, or we could, they gave us a schedule to keep up to, but you could adjust your schedule accordingly to how your body felt. Um, but it was just raising that mental health awareness, just, you know, you know, understand that, you know, that we are, you know, there are people going through mental health issues and that, you know, there are people to support them, whether that be, you know, Lifeline, um, Push Up Foundation have their own foundation, um, whether or not, you, you know, you call up your mate or something like that. It, it is always a... Um, there's always support around. That's good. And so just looking at your push-up challenge page, um, I actually donated, but you had a goal of $1,000 and you actually exceeded that with $1,013. So congratulations, Jimmy, and, and, and such a great cause. And I do see here on your dashboard as well that you did complete all 3,318 push-ups. So I'm thinking after these 25 days, doing that many push-ups, now let's just, my math's not the greatest, so I'm just going to have to use the calculator. You're averaging 133 push-ups a day, which is pretty good effort. So your chest put on a bit of size since then, and I'm guessing you can do yeah. push-ups for fun now. 
Oh, I reckon I've stretched a bit of my um, shirts out. <laughs> I've, I went to go like size up um, a few shirts at a um, clothing store. I was like, wait a second, I've gone up a size. Yeah. So, a few of us boys at the soccer club thought you were on the juice there for a bit in June, but clearly it's just this push-up challenge. <laughs> oh, mate, I reckon it was, yeah, definitely the push-up challenge. But now 130 doesn't seem like much, but I reckon you've got those days where you just you go for a went exhausted by the end of it, but... I reckon there was one time when I totally forgot to do it. And then the last, I reckon, before I went to bed, I just realised, wait a second, I've got 130 to do today. Well, I'm actually also looking at the breakdown of your push-ups as well and your schedule. You, um, Your highest day was Tuesday the 22nd of June, which is 220 push-ups. That's pretty good. If you think about it, um, you, we're not even awake for 24 hours. To so say we're awake for 16 hours, so if you actually divide that up, you know, you're doing 13.75 push-ups an hour. And that's not saying that you actually got 16 hours free in your day. So that, was, that must have been a pretty tough one, that 220 on the Tuesday, the 22nd. Um, then you had a couple of rest days, which is yeah. always important, as they say. Um, but, yeah, 25 days, that many push-ups, honestly, kudos to you. And not too many people are, I guess, confident enough to do it or physically able to do it. Not only have you done that, but also – what made me aware of this program that you did do is that every day you're actually um, not just bullshitting and logging them in because uh, a friend of mine did it last year and they showed me how the app works. Um, so you can basically, it's just an honesty system where you can just log in how many you actually did. But you recorded your push-ups and actually posted them to your Instagram stories on a daily basis. So that was just a really good bit of evidence there. And you obviously put fast um it was not the opposite of slow mo. I don't know what you call it, but it was like a fast version of you doing all the push ups. And uh, yeah, it was good to see that you're doing a bit of transparency and not just bullshitting and, and lying and just logging them in. So good on you. Yeah. No, well, that, that's exactly one thing. I didn't want to obviously fake it. I wanted to actually, you know, go through this, commit to it, and actually achieve it. Um, did it at work as well, just to show people that I worked out and I was actually doing it. So I'd be yeah. in my, you know, slacks in my blood shirt doing it. I reckon there was a period where I actually thought my shirt was going to snap or the buttons were going to snap off my shirt. <laughs> no, it's really like, good. Uh, no, honestly, just wanted to um, be honest. But one of my mates, one of my mates had to do it with, I should have done what he did, actually. He actually noted and um, actually logbooked it in a, in a book and got his uh, wife to sign it every time oh, he wow. actually did it. So he would actually get his wife to watch him and um, she would actually sign it as a um, confirm. I was like, that's actually a smart idea. So next year I might actually implement that as well. That's really good. Um but yeah, I mean, like obviously this is your first year of the push-up challenge and hopefully you're doing this for many years to come. But I guess before we um, look to the future, looking at the past, you've obviously completed it in 25 days as the challenge stipulated. Um, I guess my question to you is, what was the main motivation of you doing this? I mean, mental health is becoming a bigger thing than what it ever used to be. Uh, a lot more people are a lot more confident to come out about it because we're actually raising awareness of it. Um, it's always existed. It's always been there. But I'm really happy that, you know, there are organizations out there. There are people out there that are sort of raising a lot more awareness. And it's one of those um, taboo things that were that were never really talked about years ago. But now I'm, I'm glad that people are being confident to talk about it. So um, if you feel confident enough, do you mind sharing the main reason? Whether it was it yourself, a loved one, a friend? Um, what made you actually do this? Yeah, so actually my colleague from work actually made me aware of the actual challenge, but what actually made me do it was what something happened last year. So I became a team leader in my organisation and um, I was actually becoming a team leader of one of my mates who I've been close with for the past five years at work, basically. And his performance at work was, you know, second and I could vouch for him um, to any team leader. So I had no questions about his work ethical performance, but when I was getting different performance, and it just made me just curious and raised a few eyebrows of myself and just going, okay, what's going on here? Is there something going on? My mate was like to me, and this being a male, um, was like, oh, no, everything's all good, just, you know, COVID and, and just blamed it on other stuff. I'm not saying you blamed it on other stuff, but just had other excuses. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, COVID, understandable. It's, you know, it's a strange phenomenon. We're not going to obviously pressure you during this environment. You know, we'll see how you go. Again, two weeks went by. Didn't see much improvement. I said, okay not getting any better it's getting yep. a tad worse actually you know is there anything going on again no nothing's going on nothing going on outside nothing's going okay it's just obviously adjusting to this COVID life this weird life it may be um and then I said okay why not because what I did prior to actually becoming his team leader we always used to catch up 
monthly, go for a dinner or something. I said, it's been a hectic few months. I've transitioned to this position as a team leader. Why not just take you out for um, dinner? We'll go have our dinners again. We'll go have a chat, just like mates, rather than manager and um, staff member. We're actually Good idea. Mates, like so we went out for dinner. And, um, yeah, just when he just came out to me with all these um, family problems that he was having, um, just obviously him and his um, partner were just going through a few things. And he really opened up to me. And um, basically, so, and, you know, I've basically explained, you know, have you actually spoken to anyone about this? Have you actually, you know, sought, seek support regarding this? And he just said, no, he's just been bottling it, been keeping these emotions to himself. Haven't really spoken to anyone about it. I was probably the first person he spoke to about it. And um, we went for a few drinks after and, yeah, he just broke down in front of me. And I just felt, you know, it's all right. You know, you've got mates around you. You've got support. You've got your family. You know, your partner loves you. You know, it's not your fault what's going on. You're yeah, fine. Exactly. Um, you know, you don't need to blame yourself. But... I think one of the most alarming things, and like during during the challenge, you made me aware of it, was the statistic behind male suicides. By mm. um, it was something like two hundred, nearly two hundred and nine a month equated to in. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, two thousand five hundred and two men died of suicide in twenty nineteen. That's wow. over seventy five percent of the three thousand of the actual total. So, you know, being growing up in a male uh, growing up with my father and stuff, I can honestly say, like, you know, whenever I went to, during, during high school, you know, got raised and, you know, during those anxiety periods that you have, you know, year 11, year 12, trying to figure out what you're doing with life. I remember just going to my dad sometimes, I don't know what I'm doing, stressed out, anxiety yep. to the max. Um, and he'd be like, you'll solve it, you'll be all right. You're tough enough, you're a man, you've got this. Yeah. And that was the advice he used to give me. So, you know, you, you Obviously, I'm not trying. I love my dad. You know, he's the best. You know, one of the best folks I can vouch for. I love him to death. But you know, you grow up in that you know environment, doesn't really support you that much. No. But um, it's definitely um, obviously like you know, like you said yourself earlier. You know, there is more support out there. There are people coming forward saying, you know, you, we can't, you can't talk to us. Um, you know, speak up. I think that's probably the major problem with male figures. Um, you know, is that we don't want to speak up. You know, we feel like it's a burden. We feel like. We're embarrassed to speak up about our problems. Yeah, it's a sign so, of weakness as well, Jimmy. I think a lot of people feel like if they do speak up or if they do raise something negative in their life, it's a sign of weakness and it's a it's a sense of embarrassment as well. Now, just on that stat as well that you said, I think it's around 209 people a month or something like that. I've, I've got another stat here. is that more than one-tenth of Australians who actually consider ending their life uh, over their lifetime. Um, around 13% of Australians between the ages of 16 and 85 will seriously consider suicide. 4% of people will actually make a plan on how to do it, and just over 3% will make an attempt. So that's crazy numbers in terms of actually how many people will make a plan to do it, and also 3% are even just attempting to do it. So that's actually scary numbers. And you know what? Like raising awareness, making sure that you're checking in with your mates, saying if they're okay and you know what kudos to you and the fact that you actually pulled you made aside you actually took him out for a dinner and just actually had a chat just a genuine chat how's life how's things how's the family because sometimes people don't want to open up especially when it comes to a group situation so that's that one-on-one -on -one consultation is what you need and you know what i really uh, commend what you've done cheers man. yeah definitely like that's an alarming stat you just you know pointed out but people just you know don't want to show any weakness at all um but it's not weakness at the end of the day we all battle it like I'm not saying we all battle it but you know you know someone that's battling through it you know someone that's going through this you know at some stage in your life you want you do go through some sort of anxiety you know there's no one that's immune to anxiety it all affects one of us mm. you know in different ways so obviously it doesn't it affects people um severely they're not more severely than others but you know don't be afraid to speak up i've been an advocate since you know Ever since high school, you know, stressing out about schools, stressing out about exams, I've always been advocate raising those sort of anxiety, raising those alarm bells, speaking up about it. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Obviously, there are things you can do yourself um, to sort of get you out of these anxiety feelings. Or I think everyone feels depressed at you know one stage or another in life. I mean, right now, currently, we're actually both in lockdown um, here in South Australia, and nearly over half of actually Australia is in lockdown at the moment. And so, you know, these are actually really sensitive times in terms of actual mental health and depression, where especially people that are living alone, where they're confined to their four walls and pretty much can only leave the house for essential supplies. And when they do leave the house, well, they're actually 
not even allowed to even communicate with anyone else or make face-to-face contact. Yeah, all right, luckily for technology these days, we have Skypes and FaceTimes and, you know, social medias where we can sort of interact, but it's just not the same as that personal touch. Um, So, you know, I do commend, you know, people go outside for a walk for 15 minutes, 20 minutes a day, get some vitamin D, you know, take, do some breathing. Honestly, it actually helps out. Um, Do something you enjoy um, and look forward to something, whether it's, you know, your favorite program or if you're watching The Office on Netflix where, you know, it's not everyone's taste, but it's not a bad show or, you know, playing a PlayStation game or, you know, doing a bit of cooking, whatever you like to do. I mean, all right, we we haven't been um, handed a good, I guess, hand of cards at the moment, but uh, we just have to play with what we've got. And that's the most important time now is also to reach out um, and communicate. And don't be afraid. Don't be shy because people there are will listen. Yeah, even if you've got mates that, you know, are the joking types and you wouldn't think they actually give a fuck, well, they actually, they actually might. Um, and you'd be surprised when you're serious and you've got some problems, how many people will come out of the woodwork and help support you. So um, hopefully this podcast oh, as well today, you know, raises that extra bit of awareness. Um, and obviously everyone now knows of uh, Jimmy's push-up challenge and hopefully 2022 he can go a few more push-ups better. Um, the only thing is, Jimmy, I'm a little bit disappointed you only just did the bare minimum, mate. Come on, I thought you were going to do an extra 100 push-ups or something like that, or was your, uh, that, was your pectoral my, uh, just on the brink? Well, so I went to John's face, but my mate actually put an achievement saying if he raised 500, only 500, he'd do the push-up challenge again in July. And he's committed oh, right. to that so far. So he's actually he's into day 22, and he's, he's, he's done it too much straight. Um, and he's like, why don't you do it with me? And I said, oh, yeah, I'll think about it. Knowing the first month that, you know, 25 days really did, you know, <laughs> hurt. Exactly. Especially the, especially the first two weeks. After after two weeks, your body is just sore. Your chest is just tight. You really oh, can't yeah. move your arms that much. But, um, no, so he, he's into his 22nd day of uh, this month's challenge. He's not doing it for, for uh, raising any money at the moment because I think the uh, foundation stopped raising any money. Um, yeah. for this particular challenge, but definitely you can support Lifeline and, you know, you support the Push-Up Foundation and other avenues if you um, if you would like. But, um, no, he's just doing it just to raise that awareness again. So he's just obviously going through each day, doing the same thing, video recording himself, doing the push-ups, but also, you know, putting up those statistics about, you know, like we just mentioned earlier. But, you know, you said it yourself, you know, 15 minutes of um, exercise, it honestly does a world of wonders. Just having a breather, getting doing getting some new time does a world of wonders to your mental health and even getting a good night's sleep eating healthy um and you know what if you have a bit of anxiety i'm not going to say resort to you know narcotics or you know hitting the piss too much but you know occasional glass of wine or you know a nice cold frothy watching the footy i mean if that's what you like to do then do it do what you like to do but of course all in moderation guys um you know something uh, too much of something is never good so yeah, I mean, just making sure that you have a healthy lifestyle. And I think, yeah, sleep is very important. Um, diet's good, mindfulness, and of course, social interaction. And um, while we're all there on the topic, making sure that everyone's following, subscribing, Turning Stones podcast just for that extra bit of uh, audio can do there as well. So, Love the plug. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Just had to throw it in there. So you can do this um, push-up challenge any time of year. Is that right, Jimmy? Or is it only to June? So basically, with the actual um, with the organisation itself, they only do it around June. Um, they do availability to fundraise through the um, through your call um, through your friends or your family. You still have that ability up until I think around middle of July, and then they stop it. But you can still obviously donate to the um, Push Up Foundation. Or um, again, like when I actually started it, they actually asked me what organisation did I want to uh, raise my funds for. I oh, chose right. Push Up Foundation. But I had the option to choose Lifeline. There were a few others in there. Um, the major, Beyond Blue was a part of them as well. So they had those major um, mental, all those, um, yeah, those mental health institutions to support. So you could raise it for any of those streams. I chose uh, the Push Up Foundation. There you go. And, and I'm guessing now your technique, your balance, your, your ability to do a push up, it's got to be second to none. Mate, honestly, my the first week was terrible. I was struggling <laughs> to get through twenty. Were you times. doing female push-ups where the knees are on the floor? 
Oh no, I was not resorting <laughs> to that. I was like, could could you imagine if I had the video on that? Me oh, doing the knee push up. All the boys, yeah. all the boys would have ripped into you. But then again, you got to be careful to rip into someone that's actually potentially that may have some sort of mental issues. That's why social media can be a good thing where you're raising awareness, but it's also could be a bit of a cancer as well on the fact that you might be pushing someone over the edge a little bit too much. So making sure that if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Um, but for you, every time that I've seen you um, do an Instagram story and, you know, obviously every now and then I was just giving you the thumbs up or just a positive emoji. And then I ended up just thinking, geez, this guy's stuck, in at, it, stuck at it. And I th- I'm pretty sure I said to you early on, I said, if you do all the push-ups, I'm donating. And uh, I'm pretty sure I lived up to my promise. Yeah, no, that that's exactly why I went through it. I was like, you know what, Kerry's already committed here. I'm gonna yeah, go exactly. through the whole. I'm gonna go through the whole 25 days. Stuff it. I'm gonna make him pay. I'm gonna make him put his money where his mouth is. That's um, right. So Certainly. Exactly. Yeah. Did it. But but yeah, you did say it. You know, all the boys encouraged me. Even at the soccer club, when I went to the soccer club to watch the boys play, you know, they encouraged me there. You know, at work, people encouraged me. Get a got around me. You know, supported me. So, um, but you know, again, I, I every day I would even say, you know, if there's anyone that wanted to transfer them to message me you know you could be a random that i don't know i'm happy to speak to you at the end of the day you know you don't have to speak to obviously your friends or colleagues you can speak to anyone um you yep. know people there to listen i know there's um i don't know what their phone number is but um i think lifeline have a mobile number which you can actually message i don't know if you've seen that terry there's an actual mobile number they can message and um someone will respond right. to you just asking about your mental health so i don't actually know what the number is i saw it circulate around instagram a couple of days ago um go. i forgot to actually jot it down but and I know that, that they have a- Yeah, you're right. And, and even now with the lockdown we've got in South Australia, I'm pretty sure Stephen Marshall's press conference in, the other day was um, mainly all about uh, mental health. And, you know, if you need someone to talk to, they, they had a few numbers and a few hotlines there that you could contact, especially for those that actually are living alone or, or locked down alone. So, yeah, I mean, obviously it's becoming a lot more of a common thing. And so it should because – you know, there's physical health, but there's also the other side of things as well when it comes to mental health. I mean, sometimes we have to see to believe, you know, if you've seen a broken leg or, you know, someone on crutches or in a wheelchair, you're like, you felt sorry for them. But then you see other people that just looked, you know, miserable or angry, but you just thought, oh, what the fuck's his problem? You know what I mean? Like when someone's yeah. screwing up their face, but, you know, we can't see what's inside, what's going on inside. So sometimes, you, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover. That's obviously an old cliche, but it's so true. Um, it's definitely. And yeah, I mean, all right, if someone might not have a pretty look or in terms of them scrunching their face or they look really angry or aggressive, but, you know, what's fueling that? So, yeah, just take a step back, take a deep breath and realize, you know, what's going on here and, and maybe watch what you say or how you treat people. Um, but I always, you know, preach treat people the way you want to be treated. Um, and, and looking at this push-up thing as well, maybe that's something that you want to do like during lockdown as well. You know, if you want to do a bit of a home workout, well, do, you know, a few thousand push-ups over 25 days. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a good form of exercise for you too, Jimmy. Yeah, well, that, that's exactly how it started. So the actual founder of the actual organization um, was battling for cancer. And, um, oh, wow. you know, his mates got around him and, was, and he was suffering depression at the time as well. There you go. Oh, happened to him but um what he called basically he got a few mates around him and they just said you know let's do a push-up we'll do it with you and i think they wanted to achieve i think 1,000 push-ups within uh 15 days or something and you know they they would always you know go with him to the park they'd do it with him there you know spend 20 30 minutes with him so you know they actually did it with him and got him through that and he said that had really helped a lot so you know push-ups maybe is a way to go where you do it with someone like i did it with my mate and it was great we just you know talked about it you know, had a coffee over it, talked about, you know, how we felt. We talked about, you know, what the next day is going to be like, how we're going to plan our day, what we're doing, you know, how we're going to promote this. And it was, you know, just a great thing to just break up our day. You know, instead of thinking about work and stuff, we were able to just, you know, chat one-on-one, you know, just drop everything, forget about everything that's happening around us, you know, especially during times like this, yeah. and just focus on something, you know, that we were truly passionate about. So that no, was really great. And I think it's good motivation too to have like a goal in mind that you knew what you had to do from the get-go, from the outset. You knew you had to do so many push-ups. But, you know, along the way, it would have been a bit of a journey. And and just like life where there'd be some days where you actually can't be stuffed, you didn't reach your target, 
But that's okay because sometimes every day isn't a good day in life and, and that's just how it goes. But then on those really good days, you thought, geez, I'm going to clock a few more just to bank up for those days that I might not be feeling so well. And then you get this sense of achievement, not only after each day by meeting the objective if you did, but also at the end, you get that rec- you, you sort of get that self-achievement saying, geez, I did it. But then also, um, and rightly so, you got so much recognition through meeting your fundraising target of $1,000. So you exceeded that, which is excellent and the money's gone to a great cause but then also you, you get getting the plaudits from from friends and family and even potentially strangers saying hey good job doing that the push-ups raising awareness you didn't have to do it but you did and you made it aware um you didn't have to put it on your social medias and you did some people be like oh you know you can't even do a push-up probably like I, I probably a gym junkie looked at you saying oh in the first few days that, that's poor form jimmy but hey where's he doing what's he doing is he he's just doing push-ups for his own self-ego Whereas you, you, you know, you're you're taking one for the team. Yeah, no, cheers. Yeah, no, yeah, I felt felt really good, and yeah, sense of achievement was really, you know, really um, rewarding. So, no, I'll definitely do it again next year. I recommend anyone participate. Definitely participate. Obviously, you don't have to raise money. You can just do it to just raise awareness. You know, any awareness, you know, goes a long way. You know, I think we spend as a government or um, as in Australia, I think we spend two hundred twenty billion dollars on mental health yep. each year. So um, that's a significant amount of our funding, and obviously it does impact um, a lot of us, like the statistics that you've read out previously. You know, it, that, those statistics mean that there's someone in your group that is suffering from some sort of mental health. Yeah, one in 10 Australians. So that means, you that's, know, with you the know, soccer boys last really year, we, I mean, you're looking at Silly Sunday, there probably was a bus of 30 of us, I reckon, probably attended that day. So that means three of us on that bus had some sort of mental illness either previously or currently at that point in time. Um, so that's a scary thought when, you know, you're having a few beers with the boys, you're having such a good time with such a memorable day. Little do you know that um, 27 of us were all fine and dandy, but three of us on that bus could have been suffering and, you know, they're just sort of putting on a front. They're just faking a smile just to get through it all. But then after, you know, how do they feel? Um, and you know, you know, you might have just stirred one of the boys up the wrong way. Of, um, mm. Yeah, well, I was gonna say it's it's that factor of you know, do you know that your mates are willing to listen? Like you know yourself, like I oh, know I can go to you and talk to you because you're an always open, honest guy. But you're also friendly. You're you know easy to talk to, and you know you're very you know approachable. So it's also having you know that being able to go to your mates. Hey, if you ever need something, you are able to talk to me. Exactly. Just, just showing that openness, that open um, approachiveness, like you know, that people can actually approach you and you know be talking to you. Like, oh, they're great. All of them couldn't have met a better bunch of blokes in a, in, yep. in, you know, such a small area. So, definitely glad to actually be a part of that club. You know, those boys in that club, you know, oh, can't vouch for them enough. Exactly, and you know what? Like, I think. Being accommodating, being open is the new call these days. Like back then it was like, oh, who had the who had the best phone or who's got the flashiest car or, you know, all these materialistic things. But, you know, that means nothing when you're actually just a genuine good person. You can talk to them. You can relate to them. They're open. They're honest. They're funny. That's, that's I reckon, going to be the new call in the future, whereas, you know, all these materialistic items like who was wearing Ed Hardy or G-Star and all that crap. Oh, who gives a shit? I mean, I'm sure you. Know, you I'm, I'm sure just, you. I'm sure you Ed Hardy. I did own a fake Ed <laughs> Hardy hat from Bali. Um, I'm not paying. I'm not paying bloody two hundred dollars for di- or fake diamonds on a hat, but, mate. Come on, just a little. Yeah, yeah, diamonds. It was just a cheap four dollar um, Bali bloody sweatshop item. So. Yeah, and I think I actually ripped that guy off too because I was bartering him down from like eight dollars to four. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's probably no. the accountant in me thinking, oh, cost of production's forty cents. This guy's making, you know, thousand percent profit. Come on, mate. <laughs> I knew so, a guy that owned uh, Ed Hardy seat comps. I don't even want to know how much he paid for him. Nah, but I remember just sitting. I'm going, nah, this this is uncomfortable, mate. I can just feel the rhinestone just in my back, just digging into me. <laughs> Did not want to sit in that car at all. Yeah, but that that was the thing. Like back at, back then, you know, ten or so years ago, like it was just all about who had that, um, who's got that, or whatever. But now it's just, yeah, I think it's those that you know, uh, you just have that ability to be friendly, welcome, warm, 
and just yeah have some ears too like everyone can talk shit and i'm probably the biggest culprit for that like you know if you didn't give me a time limit here tonight i could just keep going forever and ever and just we could talk about twitch and gaming and port adelaide and um all sorts um all you know all that crap but uh i mean yeah like everyone can talk shit but it's just about who's got ears and who can listen because i think listening is very important and especially when it comes to mental health it takes a lot of courage for the person to start talking but once they do shut your mouth and listen and i think that's exactly what you did with your mate like you you got him into an environment where he was comfortable i mean everyone loves a good dinner uh, a couple of drinks if you like a a beverage or two and then after that well you know you sort of get in that comfortable environment and you just ask them the question and you know you've got to be an absolute prick if you don't answer a question and i'm sure he did and you know you just snowballed from there and and, and good on you and i think hopefully the lesson learned to everyone at home all you stoners out there is you know any of your mates um even family or you know people you work with if they've been off the last month or few weeks just check in with them saying, hey, um, even if it's you want to subtly just add it into a conversation. So, for example, you know, you're going to someone at work and say, oh, um, when's this due or how's that going? And then you just add in the whole uh, line before you finish the conversation. Everything going all right? Like, how you been? And, you know, and just see what the response is. And if it's pretty blunt, then maybe you might have to work at it because usually people that sort of try and dismiss those types of conversations or those types of questions might actually be the ones that are starving for it the most. You know, they always say, Jimmy, I'm sure you've heard the saying that, you know, the squeaky wheel always gets the grease. Sometimes we're going to be focusing on those other wheels before they start getting squeaky or, you know, even if they don't squeak at all, you should pay attention to every single wheel. Yeah, no, just be proactive about it, I reckon. Just, yeah, speak to your mates, ask them if they're all right. Just, you don't know what, you don't know what, you don't know, you can't predict what someone's going to say. And every exactly. day, we're all battling for our own thing, so... You know, and there's no harm in posing that question, are you okay? There's no harm in that question at all. There, there's no malice in it. There's, you know, you're only going to get, you know, either, yeah, I'm good, or, you know what, actually, this is actually happening in my life. And, you know, is there something that, you know, you can help someone with? So there's no better, there's no better knowing that you can actually help someone, I reckon. That's personally That's right. my sort of um, greatest feeling. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I noticed you've been drinking a beer during this podcast. What beer are you drinking? Stella's actually got a oh, bit nice. of Stella's here. Stella Artois. I went to a, yeah, Stella Artois. Oh, look at you! Um, now I went to um, Dan Murphy's. I reckon just before lockdown hit on Tuesday. I reckon before they announced the six pm, I was like, you know what? I'm working from home already. Told the boss I'll be back. I'm going on my fifteen minute break. He's like, where are you going? I'm like, Dan Murphy's. <laughs> he's like, he's Sky like, man. good idea. Yeah, I love a good trip to Dan's and sometimes yeah, it's actually, always... They actually had a um, blackout. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I got in there and they just blacked out. I was like, what's going on here? What does that mean? And free beer? Because the scanners don't work? Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, is that free beer? And she goes, no, no, no. We've just got to keep you in here until they uh, start the generators up. Oh, Five fine. minutes later, they finally got the generators up. The fridges weren't working. I was like, surely discount from the uh, fridge beer. They're like, no, no, no. Get what you want and get say. out. I was like, all right. Nah, Stella Artois, it's a good, good Belgian pilsner. Um, always good quality. And if you've ever had a stubby of uh, Stella, you would notice that there's a paper wrapping around there. I wonder why that is the case. Do you know why that is the case? I've always wanted to actually understand why they put that paper wrapping around the bottle. Because I reckon I've got a fresh bottle. Wait, let me go get a fresh bottle. I'll show you. Show yeah, it sure. So they've got this paper wrapping around here, which you've actually got to tear off at this point here, which I never understood why. Very unusual. I think here, yeah, so I'm just I'm, I'm doing a bit of a Google there. search here, Jimmy, so just bear with us. So it says here, to enhance the experience, Stella Artois has added a second perforation to the neck label of bottles, denoted by an easy-to-tear gold tab, this is second perforation ensures that the paper wrapping never touches the lips and doesn't get in the way of the beer's great taste. Okay, that doesn't really tell us why it's wrapped in paper. It just said that it had a second <laughs> perforation. I reckon it's just like a little signature touch just to say we're different to everyone else, and I like it. I reckon it's pretty cool. I reckon it's just, you know what, you know what they, they do say, when you're stressed, you want to tear things? Yeah. I reckon it's a good stress reliever. Exactly. Beer's already a stress reliever in itself. Tearing something, 
I don't know when I'm, when I, I know when I'm stressed. I just go through toilet paper. I just start lumping toilet paper, but like any sort of tissue paper, I just start ripping it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> whether that be anything, I'll, you know, whether that be paper or anything, I just start tearing into it. Just as a, I don't know, that's my sort of stress yep. reliever. But no, nah, it's a good stress reliever. I can tell you that. I, just, I was going to say, if you're feeling stressed or angry, um, so don't go punching people. Just squeeze stress bowls or um, start tearing Stella Artois. That's for sure. But obviously, don't consume too many either. No, I don't. I've only had the uh, one this one tonight, and that I'll stick at that. My, um, I've got a bottle of red here. One carton or can. just one bottle? <laughs> oh no, one bottle. I've got, yeah, I've got the card there. Still. The card yeah, there to survive. I can't. I'm not going to go back to Dan Murphy's. No, <laughs> I'm um, not going to walk out. I haven't left the uh, house during uh, lockdown yet. I don't want to start leaving now. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's, who knows what's out there? The bloody pandemic and it's like an apocalypse. But uh, yeah, well, well, the way know, the government are uh, sort of portraying the narrative, it's like, don't leave your house. Like, it's a scary world out there. Well, you know what? In five years' time, we might look back at this situation and just laugh at it, saying, why were we so overprotective? It, it could just be in, like another influenza. We don't know. Obviously, um, we don't have a crystal ball, but we just have to do the best we can right now and uh, play our part. Um, what else have you been doing, to, obviously, during lockdown to pass the time? Are you getting on... PlayStation, a bit of Twitch, anything no, I've like that? Got in, I've got into a new hobby. I've actually gotten into um, Pokemon card collecting. Pokemon card <laughs> collecting? That's a, yeah. that's a throwback. It is. It fuels my gambling addiction, I reckon, because, <laughs> you know, you know me, Terry. I'm an avid gambler. I love, I love a good gamble. You love a punt? Uh, yes, you uh, do. I do love a punt, but um, no, Pokemon card collecting. It's actually like, you know, just opening a uh, fresh packet of Pokemon cards, seeing what you get. If you get a diamond in the rough, hallelujah. If you don't, oh, well, are you, the next Are you collecting the old school ones or the new versions? No, I'm collecting the new. The old school ones are going, I reckon one pack of the old school boosters are going yeah. for like 750 750 so, bucks. For one of those little small packets. Oh, my God. Like nine cards in there. For, yeah, 750 For like 10K. No, 50K. 50K for a full box. I reckon I saw on Facebook on a, um, on a page that I'm on. Uh, a guy was selling two boxes for 100 pounds. And he's like, oh, yeah, I just want to use this for my house deposit. Wow. You know, it's crazy. Package. Like, I had a good deck of Pokemon cards, right, back in the day. And I even had Team Rocket Pokemon cards, right, the original yes. with a little R on the oh, right. Yeah. Right, right the and I reckon once I sort of phased out of the Pokemon, I started collecting Yu-Gi-Oh cards after that. I reckon I gave a whole, like, a couple of decks to my cousin. And I reckon there was some good holographics in there. I reckon I had, like, the, a holographic Machamp, um, which is one of the original decks that Pokemon cards created. I'm pretty sure I did look – I did have the Charizard, but it's not the one that's worth thousands upon thousands of dollars. It was, I think it's worth about like four, 500 bucks, like in mint condition. But the only problem is as a kid, like I kept my cards in pretty good nick, but some were, had a little few little scuffs on the edges. But it's amazing to see like you go on Gumtree, you go on eBay, you go on Amazon if you're you know listening to us um, outside of Australia or wherever you are um, – people are keeping these cards in mint condition, but also I can't believe they're still unopened packs. The worst thing I could have, think about as a kid is when you buy like a booster pack or even just a deck of cards as a kid, you just couldn't wait till you got home to open them or you just opened them in the car on the way home. Whereas these guys must have just kept them sealed. And it's like, that's crazy. Like, honestly, that's torture. They were onto something. They knew that it was they just... They knew, they, like those Bitcoin people, they knew exactly what was going to happen. They store it and they kept it and look where they are now. But it's like that, um, that Super, like that Nintendo 64, Super Mario. Yeah. Was it? And he went, that unsealed un, un, one? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy money. But you know he what? Who's forward. actually paying for that? Who, who's buying that? Seriously, that much for a Super Mario 64. And like, that was probably my favorite game on Nintendo 64. Um, obviously, there was Mario Kart on there as well. But I reckon Super Mario was great. Um, used to fucking hate Bowser there at the end. Um, <laughs> used to really yeah, struggle to do that. And then, like, I reckon a few years ago when I rebooted, I'm like, this is actually piss easy. Of course, like, when yeah. you're a kid, it's uh, it's quite challenging. But, yeah, I mean, who doesn't open that? Unless he bought two games and he was smart. He was like, oh, I'll buy one to play and I'll buy the other one just to keep. 
that's probably a, a yeah. good way to look. Well, that's what one. So one of my mates actually in over here has actually done that. He's actually oh, he he showed me around his room. He's got um vintage um Nintendo sixty four games, and he's got un like still perfectly sealed in their boxes, untouched. Wow. I'm like, how have you played this? He goes, oh, I buy two every single time. That's, that's his That's his. Yeah, it's probably a good way to be. Every time he just makes a collection. Yeah, well, he's like, because uh, at the moment, you know, everyone with COVID and stuff, small businesses are struggling. He's like, if anything does happen to my business, he can just fall back on that and sell a few games if he needs to and just get exactly. some money. So, you know, financial struggles are obviously going to be a thing yep. during this time. So people have to find making money some other avenues. They have to. So, you know, collecting um, games and uh, video games or card games is, uh, you know, part of that. And exactly right. You know, you're saying that there's uh, a lot of people going through financial distress, obviously with lockdowns, business, a lot of businesses that aren't essential are closed. And not only the business owners, but those that work for them, um, you know, they're not getting paid because they're not working. The government's obviously providing some sort of cash handout, but that's not an equalization of actually um, meet. It's not even meeting halfway. So there's still, it's better than nothing, but it's still not going to compensate for the time lost. And so, not only financial difficulty, but what do you do during lockdown, Jimmy? Like, you need to come up with a hobby. And, you know, cards are becoming a lot pretty popular. Like, I remember even last year, footy cards were really popular again. Um, and even the old school ones, like if you had a Wayne Carey mint condition um, back in his North Melbourne days, I mean, that would be fetching a few thousand bucks, no worries. Even um, there was a select footy cards prestige edition released this year, um, 2021 prestige edition from Select. Uh, a Dustin Martin card was fetching over a few thousand dollars. So Jeez, really, yeah. Um, but it was obviously not. It wasn't a common card. It was one of the uh, rarities of Dustin Martin and pretty hard to get. I think it was like a one case hit Dustin Martin card, and uh, so I think that was like a one in three, four thousand chance of like getting that, and that that fetched a few thousand bucks. And obviously, Dustin Martin's probably the most decorated player in the last five years in the AFL, and. Yeah, I mean, those little hobbies and little knickknacks like that, I mean, that's what might get you through because I'm pretty sure a lot of people have a lot of downtime. So not only is it just to um, touch base with friends, making sure that everyone's okay, checking up, and it's good to say, are you okay? It's okay to say that. Um, and it's okay not to say that you're okay. Like if, if there is a problem, it's okay to just speak out. But then also checking out with friends, um, taking up new hobbies, and even just maybe getting your life together, whether it's um, creating a little budget or, you know, getting your financial affairs in order or, you know, obviously we're in a new financial year and I'm an accountant. Maybe if you do your own tax return, maybe it's a good time to get your paperwork sorted or hit up a tax agent or something like that. Yeah, no, definitely. I've, I've done mine last week. Um, so I got all that sorted. Oh, uh, yeah, that's all going to the new house. That's hopefully going to be finished by the end of the year. It's taken that's exciting. Again, yeah. Well, it's taken a it's taken a year and a half to build with the uh, wood shortage that's happened yep. in Australia. Well, so, I'm pretty sure the uh, tradies are all um, booked out for months at a time, and uh, even not only just shortage of material, but even in supply in regards to services and and manpower. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it, it's been ridiculous. Like I think our wood. The, pre the problem with our wood shortage was, I think our everything that in our Gambia gets shipped off to either China and the Eastern States, and we get all our supplies from Western Australia, but they're not offloading their supplies to us because they need it for their own yeah exactly market. So we're we're in the short end of the stick. Um, but yeah, like you said, you know, manpower, resources, um, as well as uh, the goods overseas from Europe, like you know the appliances and. Um, those electronic appliances, they're, they're like, I'm glad I've got mine in. So I spoke to my builder the other day and he's like, yep, yeah, no, we've got yours sorted. We just need to piss off so we can continue on the uh, build because it's yeah. a mud pit at the moment around my block of land. There you go. Yeah, well, I was going to say with the weather we've been having as well, and I'm pretty sure today was the coldest day in South Australia in over three decades. So. Yeah, I was uh, I stocked up on the layers and bloody, I reckon I had a couple of coffees, a few teas, like all these warm drinks. I'm like, it still wasn't actually doing much. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get through it. Um, just quickly before we wrap things up, Jimmy, um, obviously obsessed with Pokemon cards at the moment. What's the best Pokemon card you've got? Is it the new edition or the old edition? And which one is it? 
All right, so I packed, unpacked a Glaceon uh, full art. So it's like a shiny, it's like a uh, shiny plus a sort of like a mural of a Glaceon um, in a Japanese set. Um, so it probably goes for around about 250 to 300 Australian oh, wow. at the moment. Yeah, so I picked that one up pretty cheap for like 50 bucks. Yep. Um, well, the uh, packet for like 50 bucks had like 10 of them and I happened to unpack that, but everyone's after that Charizard, the shiny yeah. Charizard. So there's all these kinds of shiny Charizard that people want. So, you know, those so raw, ungraded, they are like 800. But if they grade out of 10, they go up to like 5 to 10K. Yeah. Um, it's it's all to do with how, how mint they are and in terms of the grade of um, the condition that you keep them in. But, you know, why Charizard? Like, you know, you're looking at the original 150 or 151 if you want to include Mewtwo, but like – what happened to the evolved, the fully evolved version of Squirtle, which is Blast, Blastoise? Like I, I always, always used to enjoy Blastoise, and then you had uh, obviously Bulbasaur's. Um, what was that fully evolved version? That was not Venusaur. Ivasaur. Ivasaur. That's it. Yeah. So yeah. why Charizard out of the three? Why was it Fire that's worth the most? I'm not actually too sure, but I reckon it's got to do something with the cartoon. Because in the Charizard. Yeah, Ash and Charizard. Yeah, and I, I think Trish was, Yeah, Charizard, I think, was his like favorite Pokemon. We kept using for those um, mental battles. Like as far as I can remember, I haven't watched those. I haven't watched that show for yonks. Yeah, I, I remember going. To, I remember going to the cinema to watch the first movie. I was so excited as a five-year-old kid. Um, but did you ever yeah. get that special Mewtwo card at the cinemas? Yeah, I did. Where it was and like I, Japanese, fully holographic front and back. I just don't know what I did with that. I don't know if it's worth money. <laughs> I think, I think it actually does fetch um, a few hundred, actually, it might be. Um, but, yeah, I actually don't know what I did with mine as well. I spoke to my mum about it. I was like, do you remember that car we got? She was like, yeah, you gave it to me. I put it in one of my bags, eight, like, you know, when we first got it, but I don't remember what we did with it after. Yeah. I, never, I never opened it. Yeah. I yeah, that was, like, that was yeah. good stuff. And, like, obviously, yeah, looking back at the, the cartoons, you obviously had Misty. Um, always wondered if she had a crush on Ash. I never watched the series complete to see if they even had a kiss or whatever. Um, then you had like Brock who used to love his Onyx, um, and all those other dickheads on that show, but no, it was good fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was too G rated to actually have those sort of crushes. Yeah. Those no kisses going around. Yeah. Um, but definitely I think we all had a crush on Misty at one stage. Well, I know I did. <laughs> I, um, she was a bit of a cutie and what, what, um, what Pokemon did she always carry around? It was like a little egg. Oh, what was it? Uh, oh, Oh, I forget that name now. I did. Uh, oh, I should forget. I forgot it. I was actually talking about it the other day, and it's oh. just skipped my. Togepi, that's it. Cause it... yes, yes, that's the one. Togepi. Speaking about it the other day. Yeah, I'm just like doing a bit of a Google search here. Why does Misty carry Togepi? So that's one of the uh, common questions here on Google. It's like Misty used Togepi because she knew Pikachu would never attack, it, as Pikachu often babysit it. Mm. Using Charm, Togepi ended up defeating Pikachu. Well, that's a bit of a spoiler if you haven't seen the cartoon. So, yeah, sorry for that, stoners. But there you go, Togepi. I mean, uh, it looked like it did nothing. Um, and then Pikachu sometimes used to piss me off as well. And I was always curious as to why um, Ash just never let it evolve or it never evolved to Raichu. And then um, then it had like a devolved version of Pichu. Like, Obviously, Pokemon's become like a massive million or sorry, multi-billion dollar business. Um, so they've had to create more than just the stock standard 150. Then I remember Series 2 with Totodile and um, who, uh, Chikorita and all that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was cool. Um, and obviously, the Pokemon games. Did you ever play them? Oh, still playing. Yeah, good I, stuff. I still play, yeah, I still play them. So I've still, I still got my um, Nintendo Switch and I still play them. So no, they're great fun. Um, I remember on like long drives to you know across the board across the state borders, that used to just best. play that nonstop. Yep. On on a plane, used to play that nonstop. Oh, they were the best back. When back we when we could go on a plane. And now uh, speaking of planes, at my when the last time I went to Europe, 2016, I actually bought uh, that 25 um, 25 anniversary edition uh, 2DS Nintendo, and I bought the yellow one, the Pikachu version, and oh, really? I had yeah, and I had uh, Pokemon Gold. Uh, pre-installed and i played that 
throughout like every layover we had at every airport in Europe I was playing that and by the end of the trip I'm pretty sure we were in um where was I I reckon I was in Germany or uh or in the Netherlands and I finished it and like I remember I was on the plane and I was like celebrating like, I fucking did it because <laughs> I never finished gold as a kid because I reckon once yeah. I did like I think I had gold played it and then i'm like halfway through and then i reckon because i got it a bit later than all the rest of the cool kids out there. and then i ended up getting silver so i ended up just playing silver after that so then i when i finished gold i was on this plane and pretty much you're going from i think it was germany to uh netherlands so i was obviously in transit and like hardly anyone's there actually speaking english as a first language i'm like yes fuck yeah i did it like i did it and like, i was saying <laughs> to my mates and like he was excited and everyone's looking around like what are you doing? What's this like mid twenties guy playing Game Boy? But little do they know that probably that device is worth a few hundred dollars now as well, or a bit more than that. So, unfortunately, I didn't. Um, so I did open that something that you know got you through this. Yeah, exactly, and uh, it was a bit of satisfaction as well when I actually completed it, and I completed it with ease too. Like I just made sure I just was very methodical with which Pokemon I sort of leveled up and which ones I had and. Obviously, each trait of my six Pokemon were quite different. So it doesn't matter what you threw at me. I was ready for it and I was prepared. Love how you change, you transform. When you're five, you just chose your, your favorite five and you yeah, just exactly. chose those five. That's right. I actually had a and very, very awesome. strong but now you know, high you level. Train each one. I had a high leveled Butterfree and that used to get me through for the, in those dark times where, you know, you're basically up against fire, water, whatever it is. And you just use that poison mist and it just fucks up every single, <laughs> except for the rock types and all that sort of stuff. But my Butterfree used to just get me across the line. And and then you obviously you, the opposite trainer was then had poisoned Pokemon and they kept using antidotes and then they run out ants. And then, yeah, I mean, the rest speaks for itself. So, I could talk about playing Game Boys till the cows come home. <laughs> I think I could do the same. Yep. Jimmy, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Um, obviously, the front end of this podcast, it was all serious business that we we're talking about. And just making note that, yeah, it is okay not to be okay and to speak out, to touch base with friends. Um, because at the same time, I think, not only do we want to be in a good mental state, but it's also nice knowing where your friends and family are in a good mental state as well. And if we're all in that, you know, happy place, I think it's just going to be a better place to be and a better world to live in. So really appreciate it. Uh, anything you want to say before we yeah. finish up? Yeah, no, I couldn't send a better myself. Um, definitely, you know, if anyone wants to speak up, speak up. If anyone wants to speak to me, you know, feel free to chat to me. I'm sure if you ever want, contact Terry. He can pass on my details, my Skype details. Happy to, happy to talk. Um, but no, definitely speak up, you know, if you, if you want to speak up to your family, your close family, friends, uh, you have, you know, lifeline, all of that. So you definitely have the avenues around. So now I couldn't have said it better myself. Hopefully we all survived this uh, COVID pandemic and uh, we all fight through this lockdown and hopefully everyone's okay. That's it. Well said, Jimmy. And yeah, if you do want to touch base with Jimmy or even speak to myself, Hit us up at Turnstones Pod. That's our Instagram and Twitter handle. Give us a DM there, and then we'll go from there and obviously point you in the right direction. So everyone stay safe, stay healthy, have fun, and uh, watch out for those Charizards. <laughs>